beautiful day in Florida today. Gorgeous day. A nice fall day. All right, if you need um, a title, I'm just going to continue going with where I left off a month ago, and that's um, God Encounters Part 2. No, 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 I would always tell you. A God encounter is always a good encounter. No matter what, we can definitely know that if we encounter God, it's a good encounter. Amen? So let's pray, church. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for the time that we come to sit at your feet, to learn, to be trained, to give ourselves to you, to draw near to you, Lord God, to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying within our spirit, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you that there's freedom to gather together, to be assembled, Lord God, to bring glory and honor to worship our God. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And everybody said, amen. Um, we're going to start out with the scripture I started out with last month, and that's in Colossians 1, and it's 11 to 14, but I'm going to read it to you in the Phillips translation, because I like it, and it says it well. It says, this is what the heading said, that the church, they were being converted, they were coming to receive Jesus Christ, but actually... Paul was talking about that they began to pray for them that they would have an experience with God, an experience with the one whom they had said yes to and had received. Because that's important, isn't it? Because we want a Christian, Christ-like experience. We don't want a religious experience. We want a real, true experience of the one true living God. Amen? That's what we want. That's the encounter we're looking for. And it says, as you live this new life, we pray that you will be strengthened from God's boundless resources so that you will find yourselves able to pass through any experience and endure it with courage. That is important. You know, it takes courage to get up and go on in the face of trouble or adversity, trials, tests. It takes courage to do that. And this scripture tells us that's what they're praying for them to have, that they will experience that courage and they will give themselves to the courage. Amen? Because no matter what we experience, if we don't give ourselves, is it going to help anything? Is it going to change anything? Are we going to experience anything? We have to give ourselves. Amen? We have to. So it says, you will even be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress. Now, listen, we're not thanking God for the pain and distress. We're thanking him in the midst of it. We're not, we're not veering off of being a Christian, being Christ-like. Because of the courage in you and I, we can still have that place of rejoicing, that place of gratefulness and thankfulness because unfortunately I have met some Christian people that when things go awry they don't want you to talk to them about the Lord about the word about the Bible or anything that tells me they don't know their God because they they stop rejoicing they stop being thankful they they say to me 
I can't be thankful. I don't have anything to rejoice about. But yet we do. The Bible says, it, this scripture right here tells us this. You will even be able, you'll be able to still rejoice and thank God. You'll be able because you are privileged to share the lot of those who are living in the light. I, I can't say enough about this. I, I just can't say enough about this. If you truthfully are making a life, your life in Christ, in the light of the word of God, you can rejoice in the midst of trouble. You can take courage like he said to take courage. He said, take it. Take courage. God wants you to experience him in the good times and the bad times. We shouldn't only know him in the good times. I shouldn't only realize his presence in the good times. I should really be able to recognize God's presence in the bad times. Because I am the one and you are the one that we are living in the light. Amen? <laughs> For it is by his son alone that we have been redeemed and have had our sins forgiven. And if we can remember these things, it's just funny to me how, it's just funny how if I could remember, if I'm honest with myself, in the midst of trouble, if I can remember these truths, I should be thankful. I should be able to rejoice. I should be able to have courage. I should be able to endure. I mean, the Bible says that when I am weak, then he is strong. Do I just forget all about his strength? Do I forget all about that this is just in my own this is all I can do on my own, and that's all I got. But it says when we are weak, then he is strong. There's more, and we're going to look at that because it involves grace. But there's more to God than just what I can accomplish in my own self, what I can find out, what I can know. There's just more than that. He's so much bigger, so much more. It says up there in that scripture, boundless, re boundless resources, boundless, no bounds. So no matter what comes, there's no bounds. No bounds to God. Amen. All right, turn with me to Exodus 20. We're just going to look at the children of Israel, a couple little accounts of them, because we don't want to be like the children of Israel, but sometimes we fall into it. And we need to come out of it. I'm going to do this in the Amplified Classic Edition. In Exodus 20, verses 18 to 21. 18 to 21 says this. Now all the people perceived the thundering. See, they're at the mountain. They're at Mount Sinai. Now all the people perceived the thunderings. They perceived the lightning. They perceived the noise of the trumpet. They perceived the smoking mountain. And as they looked... They trembled with fear, and they fell back, and they stood afar off. Y'all, that was God. That was God on that mountain. That was their God on that mountain. They should not have been trembling with fear. And they should not have continued to stand far off. And here's what it says in verse 19. And they said to Moses, which Moses was their leader, 
<laughs> you speak to us and we will listen. They didn't listen when Moses spoke to them. They always, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they wouldn't do it when it push came to shove, when it was time to, you know, put their money where their mouth was. They wouldn't stick. They wouldn't stick with God, his ways and his will, what he had said to them through Moses. But anyway, they said, and we will listen. But let not God speak to us, lest we're going to die. So... They knew something about God because they knew they were not doing right by wanting him not to speak with them. He wanted to speak with them. God wanted to speak with them, but they refused. They wouldn't accept it. And, you know, we don't want to be like that. God is living in us now. He's dwelling in you and I. And he still wants to speak to us, his people. And we have to draw near to him. We have to press in to him to press on in this life. If you have trouble pressing on, I would dare to tell you you're not pressing in. You have to press into him to press on in this life because things come. And then Moses in, chat, in verse 20 said to the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you. Now watch this. So that the reverential fear... The honor of him may be before you that you may not sin. So they didn't have the right kind of fear. They needed the reverential fear. They needed that solid knowing that in, in God, he, he couldn't live in them, but he would come to them. He would come upon his people, and they needed to remember that. But instead, they didn't remember it. They didn't remember it, and they stood far off. So go with me over. So now they're getting ready, um, Exodus 33. They're gonna, God's going to tell them, okay, leave. Leave the mountain, and I want you to go on, take them into the promised land. Now listen to this. This is something. Um, let's start in... <laughs> wow, where do I want to start? Okay, let's start in verse, let's just start in one. It says, and then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, <laughs> to your descendants I will give it, and I will send my angel before you, and I'm going to drive out all the Ike people. There were six Six different um, people, the Ite people, I call them. I've always called them that, the Ites, okay? And he was driving them all out before them. He says in three, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. For, okay, here we go. For I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. Even God would not trust himself that he wouldn't want to kill them. <laughs> So he wouldn't, he would not go into their presence. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty sad. I mean, before he wanted them to come to him. He wanted them to draw near to him. He wanted them to know his presence. He showed himself out on that mountain. And they ran from him. They ran from it. And yet it said they perceived it. They knew that was God, their God. But they just wouldn't come to him. 
And that's not good. That's not good at all. And yet, you know, he was always trying to woo them, trying to get them to come to him, making his will known to them, putting leaders before them that would listen to him, that would listen. So let's go over to verse, and let's go on reading verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, this is the difference between a person that wants God, that's pressing in for God, that wants to know God. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom will you send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. God knew Moses by name, and he, and he found grace in God's sight. Who was the one that always went out to the tent of meeting? Moses. If you will read through Exodus, you will see that the people, they could have followed Moses out to the tent. They might not have been able to go inside, but they could have gone up to the tent. But instead, it says that they would stand at their tents and they would worship from far off. That's not who we are, is it? We don't worship God from far off. He's in us. It says, I, Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. So, God, so Moses wanted God, show me your way, Lord. That should be us today. I mean, our God is within us, walking and living, dwelling in me all the time, even when I've ignored him when I haven't taken time to worship him, when I haven't taken time to honor him, he's always right there, right there. It says, and consider that this nation is your people. Um, verse 14, and he said, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So that tells me that if I come to God, and I'm honest before God, and I lay myself out to him, that he will let me know his presence. Because sometimes I think we, we give up or we lose hope or something because we don't recognize God's presence and we don't think God is in us and with us and for us. But he's always in you. He's always with you, and he's always for us. Now, he may not act out the way I think he should in my situation, but I can trust him because the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding, but trust God. So I can trust God no matter if I thought it was going to go one way, it didn't go that way. I thought it was going to go this way, it went the other way. I can still trust God. I don't give up on God. I keep that courage because I've seen, the, I've seen it in the word. If you can find the word, and you can see it as truth, and you will believe it and receive it, then you have what you need to continue on. You have what you need to have courage. You have what you need to, to take strength when you're weak. You have what you need to stay that hunger for God. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you all, and I totally attribute it to this ministry, to what's taught, how it's taught, 
the lifestyle that is developed, the um, examples before me, but I have been able to keep, and I've had people ask me this, I have been able to keep a hunger for the things of God. I haven't understood everything um, that I've heard the first time out, but I've been able to keep a hunger for him and want to keep coming to him, drawing to the people of God, drawing to the body of Christ, drawing, drawing, drawing to the place where I understand I am being fed, I'm being changed, opportunity comes, the presence of God is in the place. The anointing of God is on the men and the women in the pulpit by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I can recognize that. And because I can recognize that, it keeps me hungry. It keeps me moving forward, wanting to go into the things of God and not, as people tell me, I'm taking a break. From God? I get taking a break from other stuff, but you don't, you don't take a break from God. God is life. He's everything. He's light. We looked at that. Light. My life is living, lived in the light. God is the light. I am the light in this world. There, there's no way I'm going to draw away. But that's over a period of time, giving myself one service at a time, one day at a time, one um, truth at a time. And yet, God keeping me, keeping me, keeping me. When that started, I didn't know what was really happening, but I knew I am, I'm excited, I'm enthused, I'm glad to come into the house of God. I'm glad to be among people that are, you know, working to go the same way that I'm going for the truth. And, you know, that's, that's what I want us to get about this teaching about looking to encounter God, looking for his presence, not, you know, trying to make it happen, not trying to set it up, not trying to think it's got to be this way or that way because this is what I like. You know, Pastor Morgan, I've invited many people to the church, but they don't like loud music. They think it's irreverent. <laughs> they're going to be shocked in heaven, <laughs> shocked, and they're going to be in heaven with us, but they think loud music is irreverent to God. And so they ask right up front. I say, yes, sometimes our music gets loud. Yes, sometimes we shout and we rejoice because that's what the Bible says. Read the Psalms. But because of that, you know, they can't bring themselves to even have an experience. But I guarantee you if they would come one time across that threshold, because the presence of God comes in this place. The presence of God is in us, and it comes. He comes. And we don't have to worry what people are going to experience they're going to experience reality real life they're going to experience something that some of them might have heard about but always thought nah <laughs> yes <laughs> amen amen so we we've got to watch and we don't fall over into the children of israel go with me to psalm 1611 in the living bible You know, sometimes it's just good to look at different scriptures in different translations, but make sure it doesn't, you know, veer off the Hebrew and the Greek, which we do that. We don't, we don't you know, say something here that's not right. So here's what it says, 1611. It says in the Living Bible, this is what David cried out to God. 
David, even though God wasn't living in David, David was hungry for God. You can't convince me he wasn't. David had too, too many times of wanting God and wanting to encounter him and wanting God to, you know, to, he repented before God and he wanted God to take away the sin. I mean, he, he knew. It says, you have let me experience the joys of life and the exquisite pleasures of your own eternal presence. That is Old Testament David that would fall into sin and come out. Well, y'all, sometimes we fall into sin and then we come out. And that, I want that to be my heart cry. I want to experience his joy and I want to experience his eternal presence. I don't want to wait. Once I, could, once I saw in the word that this wasn't a waiting game to get to heaven, to have every good thing of God, that really got to me. I'm like, look at this, full of promises, full of God's ways, full of his will. It's a letter to me. It's written down for me. I don't have to guess about it. I don't have to wonder about it. I can have, I can have eternity right here in my season on this earth. I'm only getting a season. I get it. I'm fine. I'm satisfied that I get a season. It's going to be a good season. It's going to be a long season if Jesus doesn't return. But yet, to experience heaven. You know, I always would hear songs about it and people talk about it and stuff. But to really understand and have a perception of, you know what? There is heaven on earth. There's everything that God wants for me. I can reach out and I can touch some of that right now. As, as well as I Go for him as honest as I am, as loyal as I am. I, I can actually have heaven on earth. And I can touch the things and the promises that God has for me. And that was something to me. And, you know, promises, they just, you get them touched, you know, a day at a time. However hungry you get, however much time you're willing to give him, however much time you're willing to to be taught, however much time you're willing to be the church, be the salt, be the light, come in, be trained, come in and assemble, come in and break bread together, come in and um, with like precious faith into a, to a place of people that we are wanting to function in like precious faith. I want a lifestyle of faith. I want, I want that because God wants it. God wants that. So I do want it. I've learned to want it. I didn't want it first day out, but I've learned to want that. I've learned that the reason I want to please God, not for myself so I've, I'm just a happy person, but I want to please God because it's honorable. It's honorable to please him. He's given everything and done everything, and he's never going to leave me and never going to forsake me, so I want to please him. That's my desire. It just, it just stirs in me, and it just stays alive in me from being in the Word and being in a place where, see, right now I can just, like right now I can sense, because we, are all, we have all come and assembled together, that we are the hungry, we're the ones that are serious, we're the ones that are sober, we're the ones that want to grow, we're the ones that want God to know, yes, Lord, 
You, are, you really are all there is. And yes, we're purposing to keep you first place. That's why we assemble. That's why we take up with your ways. That's why we actually want to know your will. You know, sometimes, Morgan and I speak to a lot of people, and sometimes people will tell you, I don't want to know God's will. They're so afraid that God's will is going to mess with what they want to do or what they maybe can't understand or whatever it is, and yet God's will is, would be perfect. God's will would be the best place I could ever be. I've told people this so many times. You can serve God anywhere, you can love God anywhere, but you can't be in his will anywhere. God has a will, and we got to find out what it is. I can love him and serve him anywhere, probably with anybody that, you know, is not a sinner, but, you know, loves God, born again. But I can't, I just, I can't please, I can be in his will and please him just anywhere. Because I have to find out his plans. Amen? I have to. I have to. Let's go to Colossians. Um, ooh, where do I want to go? Let's see. Colossians 3, um, 10 and 11. And I'm going to read it back in the Phillips again. You know what? Let's go. Let's just do 8 to 11. Because this is, he's talking to the church again. These are the new converts, new believers, and it says this. But now, put all these things behind you. So there's going to be something they're going to have to start doing. It says, no more evil temper or furious rage. No more evil thoughts or words about others. No more evil thoughts or words about God. No more filthy conversation. Don't tell each other lies anymore. So you know what? We know this is true. When you get born again you got a whole life hanging out there behind you, a whole life. And you have to start chipping away at that, don't you? Okay, so it says, For you have finished with the old man and all that he did and have begun life as the new man. So we've begun life as the new man who is out to learn. This is what I want you to look at. Who is out to learn what he ought to be, not to do, but to be. This ministry is always taught about becoming, always. Who is out to learn what he ought to be according to the plan of God. In this new man of God's design, there is no distinction between Greek and Hebrew, Jew or Gentile, foreigner or savage, slave or free. That means everybody across the board, everybody that receives Christ, we're like this. We don't look down on each other. We don't look up to each other. Christ is all that matters for Christ lives in them all. So I want us to think about that. As soon as that new life began, I made myself a little note in my Bible long time ago. I, someone taught it. I know someone had to teach this. But they taught it, and I made a little off the scripture, and I made a little, little note that said, a new life as a new man must be trained in God's plan. And I made that little thing on my Bible because you know you have to realize these things you don't know them until you're taught and you see it in the word of God that yeah now I've begun a new life we've all begun a new life and now we have to be learned we have to we have to be learned we have to be taught and we have to be willing to learn it I mean you have to be willing you can be taught but if you're not willing to learn it it won't matter 
It'll matter to the person sitting next to you that wants to be taught and wants to learn, but the other person that says, yeah, I want to be taught, but then it's like, I'm not going to learn all this stuff. Then it won't, it won't make a difference in their life. They won't have God's results. And that's what was happening with the children of Israel. They, they knew their God was the living God. They knew that. He would show himself to them, but once he began to show himself, they'd back off. And he even said, you are a stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people. Because why? They wouldn't draw near. That's all. That was the difference between them and Moses. Moses would draw near. Joshua drew near. I was reading in the Bible, and they said that every time Moses went to the tent of meeting and encountered God and came out, Joshua stayed. He stayed in there. He stayed. He stayed. Why? Because I know he was being prepared by God. I know that had to be it because of what he was going to have to do and has been asked to do. But that's the thing right there. If you, you want a, uh, an encounter with God, you want an experience with God, so God can ask us to do something and we say yes, we give our will to his will. So we can be found, when we look around, we can be found, I'm in God's will. I'm doing what God has asked me to do. Everybody's called. Everybody's called. God is calling us all the time. God is speaking to us all the time. And we've got to realize because of that, I've got to have that ear to hear. I've got, that, I've got to have that eye to perceive. I've got to. Because if I don't, I'm not going to be useful for him. I mean, I confess it every day. I thank you, Father, that, you know, according to Romans 12, 1, I confess this every day of my life that I have offered my body as a living sacrifice, holy unto you. I am a vessel of honor. I am a vessel of glory. But you know what? Some days, depending on what I might say or do, there is really not a whole lot of glory in the vessel. So, I mean, come on. We have to realize these things. And we have to be honest enough so we can catch it. Yeah. Catch that. Catch it. And be ready to change. Be ready to do something else. Be ready to set my will to God's will instead of go, I see your will, but I got a will here too. When God's going this way, I don't want to be going that way. I, I don't want to be that person. I don't... Oh, time. But I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want God to say, look at her. She's so stiff-necked. She's so stubborn. Why does she keep this up? I don't want him to have to talk about me like that and wonder about me. I want him to see my heart's loyal to him, and, you know, she is coming my way, and she will draw near to me. She doesn't stand far off. Amen? Amen. I'm telling y'all. Um, let's see where I want to go. I don't think I wrote this down. Just a minute. It's in James. <laughs> I know it's in James. Come on, James. James 4. Hmm. Oh, verse, I think verse 8. Oh, no, let's do verse 7. 
James 4, 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he f and he will flee from you. Now let me just say this. We know this here, but I just want to make sure we remember it. As you submit to God, you are resisting the devil because you're turning from his way to God's way. You're turning from him to God, from his will to God's will, from his thoughts, from his words, whatever he's messing with you about, you're submitting to God, you're turning to God. So your back is to the devil. Amen. It says, verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So I want to say this. We don't look at ourselves as sinners because we are not sinners any longer. We are not sinners. But yet, if we sin, our, our thoughts and our hearts should rise up in us and say, I need to clean myself up from this. I, I don't want to be a part of this. I need to turn away from this. I'm going to repent from this. I'm going to have clean hands and I'm going to have a pure heart. I'm not going to stay in this. I'm not going to keep going this way. I'm not going to take up with this. Because, you know, here's the thing. Born-again believers, Christ-like people, they don't sweep things under the rug. Now, we might think, yeah, we can do it. That's not our life. We're in the light. We don't, we don't sleep th or sweep things under the rug. We don't ignore. We don't hide any of that none of it we don't do that we want an experience with the lord we want to encounter god and in that encounter we want to always know what's your will father i want i want to know your will in this if you're in the word of god you will know his will a lot of times i mean a lot because he's made his will known in the word. And then there's specific things that we get into. You know, Morgan and I have a business. We have to ask him constantly, what's your will? What's your will? Because we deal with a lot of other people that aren't interested at all in God's will. <laughs> they don't want to hear about God. They don't want to know about God. They don't want you to tell them about God. They want you to be on the job, get my job done. And we can do that. that we have no problem with that. But we need to know what our position is all the time. Just like you need, you don't have to have a business to want to know this. You need to know your position all the time in your own life, all the time. And know, is God's present there, presence there or not? Has he removed his presence that he's not with you? And I don't mean he's not in you. I'm talking he's not with you in the thing that you are trying, the effort that you're trying to put forth. That's what I'm talking about, about your deeds, your, your speech, your thought life. He's always in us, but is he with us? Is he with everything that we want to do, everything that we want to happen? I mean, that's about knowing his will. So we can be assured of that, amen? Um, and I'll finish with this, Psalm 14, 2. <laughs> He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a loving, kind, compassionate, heavenly master. And we need to get to know him like that. Because, yes, he does correct us. But with correction, the Bible says we have a comforter. And I always think about that. I have been corrected, oh, my gosh, 
thousands of times. And you know what? But I've never been hurt by God. Never. I've never been hurt by him. Um, verse 2 says this, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men, that's us, to see if there are any who understand and who will seek him. He's looking for us to encounter him. He's looking to show himself to us. He's looking for us to have a God experience, to know that we know that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Because you know what? That's what keeps me going in the right direction. I take one encounter and an experience that I've had with him, and I bring it right along with me. Because I'm not saying I have them every day, but I've had God encounters and I've had God experiences. And if you have too, which I'm pretty sure you have and known it, bring them with you. Bring, always have them stirred up within you. Have them in your heart. Have them um, in your soul. Have them in your mouth. Put, talk about them in your life so that we have courage and we can rise up in strength. And we can go on and we can continue to be discipled and followers of Christ. And that we don't have to fall back and stand afar off and fall by the wayside. That is not the believer's life to fall away. It just isn't. It's a lie from the pit of hell, from the enemy. Woo! Oh, Jesus. You know, this is a living word once it gets inside of you. This Bible comes to life inside of you. Seed in the soil. It comes alive in us. Amen? Woo, amen, amen, amen. I want, and then while I pray, I'll pray over the service and the offering, but I want to share this in the offering because I, I read Proverbs every day. And in Proverbs 11... I don't know what I don't I don't know which verse, but Proverbs 11 it says, "There's one that will freely give and yet increase all the more, and there's one that will water and will be watered himself." So that means our giving, our tithing, our offering, our seed sowing, the purpose of our heart, all the things that we see in the Bible concerning our giving and our substance. You know, we're talking about money right now, but it can be anything that you you are giving. But since we are talking about our substance, you know, that's just, it's just a part of our life. But we can understand this scripture can come to pass for us when I release what's in my hand. Because I'm not just throwing it to the wind, I'm releasing it as unto the Lord and in him. And it will get to the right place. Amen? Amen. It will get to the right place. So we're going to pray over the offering and we're going to pray over the service. Father God. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit within us, Lord God, the comforter and the helper, Lord, to help us to catch hold of the word. The word is full of faith. The word is full of your presence, full of your anointing, Lord God, and that we are hungry. We, we have our um, sights set, Father God, on catching this word, Father, taking the word in, keeping the word, meditating the word, allowing that word to grow roots deep, deep, deep down within us so that no one and nothing can uproot that word, that that word will grow, it will come forth, it will begin to produce fruit, Father God. It'll be the fruit of righteousness and that we will be able to enjoy the fruit, share the fruit with others, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you, Father, for the living word, the light, 
the life that's in Jesus, the light that's in Jesus. I thank you, Father, for that, that your word says it, your word shows it, Lord God. You have shown yourself to your people, Father. And as we give, Father, this morning, I thank you. It's a righteous act of giving. It's not out of compulsion, Father God. It's not pressured, Father, but it comes from a heart, a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of rejoicing, Father God, a place where we desire to enter in, enter into the things that you have taught us, the things that you have shown us, Lord God, that will increase and further your kingdom. We thank you for all those things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Um, if you're um, giving this morning, then there should be an envelope in front of you on the chair back. And live streamers. If you've joined us this morning, you can give by going to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. There's a giving link there, and um, you can give that way. We always pray over the seed here all of the time. And um, if you want to communicate with us, you can go, uh, you can communicate by email, I believe, and we'll be happy to answer any thoughts, questions, anything that you have about the service today.